0: This week, we're back in Lucha Underground, with our old friends Phoenix and Mil Muertes last seen trying to send each other to a very specific kind of Mexican pro-wrestling hell in Episode 5, Grave Consequences. I'd strongly recommend that you give that episode a listen before this one, as we talk a lot about the weird, spooky reality of Lucha Underground and the history of these two guys specifically. That said, if you don't turn back now, spoilers for Grave Consequences abound. This is your last chance. I mean it. Okay, so, Mil Muertes was defeated when his mistress-slash-manager-slash-spirit guide, Katrina, helped Phoenix seal him away inside a quote-unquote funerary box, and then ferried his body and soul into the afterlife. However, she also drew him back from the other side, and he came back stronger than before, which was her plan the whole time. This new reborn Mil Muertes, with Katrina at his side, and now flanked by a trio of henchmen known as the Disciples of Death, returns to the temple to return the favor to the man who put him in the ground. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Mil Muertes versus Phoenix.
1: Death match.
0: Testing, 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 testing. Okay, that's better. That's better. <laughs> previously on X Men, <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we just got finished. Uh, Julian is back, everybody. Hi. We uh, we just got we just got finished uh, eating a, a sumptuous a sumptuous meal, and we watched uh, the YouTube classic previously on <laughs> X Men, which is. Art, I think we can agree. Yeah. And the thing that fascinates me about Previously on X-Men is it's like a YouTube poop, (laughs) but it's not because the conceit of the YouTube poop is we switch out the audio and we like splice Mm -hmm. different audio, the video clips together to make it look like, uh, like there's a really good King of the Hill one Yeah, where where there's, well, there's like hundreds of good King of the Hill ones, but there's one (laughs) where... (laughs) In the original episode, Dale is saying to Hank, I don't know, Hank, do you think that my wife's rack is better than your wife's rack? But in the YouTube poop, they changed it to dick. Oh, wow. So he's like, Hank, do you think that my wife's dick is bigger than your <laughs> wife's dick? And it's, <laughs> it's bizarre, but they did it so well, and it's seamless. It's <clears throat> seamless.
2: So it sounds like it was in the show.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's in the show. So that's sort of its own art form, but then previously on X-Men just takes different clips from the real X-Men animated series and then just puts them out of order. And Mm. it's the same exact experience, which just goes to show you that the 1992 X-Men animated series was buck wild. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I think my favorite part is the part where there's just a turkey sitting on the table, mm. Wolverine slowly walks up to it, pops out one claw, cuts off the turkey leg, <laughs> takes a bite, and says, turkey. <laughs> someone scripted that, and someone drew that. Some poor South Korean animator drew that. And had no idea, this is 1992, he had no idea who Wolverine was. He had no idea who Wolverine was. Anyway, Julian, welcome back to the show. Uh, This is my show. I hate (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. Do you hate the X-Men? No, I don't. Okay, great. Who's your favorite X-Men?
2: Favorite X-Men? I think Storm or or Wolverine. Okay. No, 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 no. Nightcrawler.
0: Yes, Nightcrawler is the correct answer. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is fucking badass. Nightcrawler will sword fight you with three swords because he has a prehensile tail. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit bummed. I'm going to be honest with you. X-Men 2 is a good movie.
1: Okay.
2: But
0: I was a little bummed with their version of Nightcrawler because he's like all depressed.
2: Right, right, right.
0: Nightcrawler is supposed to be like... Like, yeah, I'm a blue elf, I can teleport, I sword fight with three swords, it's really cool. <laughs> like, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Like, sometimes he gets depressed because he's an elf, but like, <laughs> I don't think that's his defining character trait. Right, right. It's not like the thing. Right. Where he's like, oh man, it sucks that I'm a big rock guy, and that's like his whole character. <laughs> like, Nightcrawler seemed like he was into it.
1: Yeah.
0: And he, there were like, he had a number of love interests over the years. Right. They were into it too. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like Nightcrawler should have been more fun. Yeah. Dude can teleport. Anyway, we're here to talk about professional wrestling. Yeah. And I guess also a little bit of X-Men. But mostly professional wrestling. Uh, last time you were here, we talked about Lucha Underground. We talked about Mil Muertes and Phoenix and Dario Cueto and the whole sort of conceit of this magical world Mm. within the temple Mm. where the rules are different than outside Mm. and physical contests sort of mirror spiritual conflict. And we talked about, uh, there were a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of observations that we had. There was this idea of, uh, Ascent versus descent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ascending to a higher plane as well as descending into a lower plane, right? And how Phoenix is uh, all about upward momentum, yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. Mortes is about dragging you down, right, right, right. And they had this contrasting immortality. You're gonna want to go ahead, go back, and listen to uh, episode five: Grave Consequences, because there's a lot of shit going on in that particular <laughs> match. Yeah, it's a thematically rich pro wrestling match. Uh, very few pro wrestling matches have a theological bent to them, mm. but that one, uh, that one does. So it's def. it's also, in fact, a direct prequel to mm. today's match. Okay. And do you remember where we left off?
2: Yeah. Um, Mil Muertes was put into the coffin and taken away by the spirits of the dead. And uh, um, his, basically he was like betrayed by... Uh, Katrina. Katrina, yeah.
0: Katrina, who is his, I guess, like, psychopomp slash mistress slash business manager. Right. (laughs) So, uh, she, Phoenix and Mil Muertes were having this conflict. The only way to resolved their conflict was to have a grave consequences match Mm. in which the loser would be sealed inside a casket, or as Matt Stryker called it, a funerary box, Mm. if you will. So so, uh, Phoenix gets wrecked in that match. He took about 90% of the punishment from bell to bell. but And really bled out. Yeah, he bled grotesquely. Um, And he was able to keep getting up and keep getting up and keep mm. getting up. And then it seemed like no matter how much momentum he built up, he just couldn't keep it going mm. until, uh, Mil Muertes accidentally struck Katrina. Mm. And that sort of seemed to break the spell a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, dispel whatever aura of invincibility he had. Right. And from that point, it was a little bit more even and Phoenix wound up knocking him into the casket and Katrina, closes. Katrina closed it. She also produced the rubble, mm. the the stone that he carries as a talisman yeah. from the earthquake that killed his family. Please right. go back and listen to episode five. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so then she licks the rubble Yeah. because that's part of her magic, I guess. She licks it, puts it on his chest, and then seals the casket. Mm. And the ritual is complete. And then the spirits of the dead come and ferry him Mm. To the other side. And Phoenix is like elated. He's survived. Mm. And he just seems like he's happy to be alive. But of course Phoenix doesn't stay and celebrate with the guy that we assume is her uh, her new chosen mm. associate. Mm. She leaves with the casket. Mm. and uh, And there's that cool moment where the spirits come to claim him, but she has her hand on the casket. Right. And as they approach, she kind of looks them in the eyes and takes her hand off as if she's giving them permission. Right. Right. To take the, to take his, his, his spirit. Yeah. So the implication was that whatever happened, Katrina was aware of it Mm. and maybe even orchestrating it. Mm. So that brings us to, uh, to today's match. Um, it may or may not surprise you to know that Mil Muertes returned from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> the man of a thousand deaths returned from the dead. I yeah. know. I was fucking Quite shocked. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So he returns from the dead after about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's was, I guess, dead and in hell... Getting flogged by Saint Anthony and, Saint, Anthony and Saint, John.
1: Saint John,
0: or maybe he was in Saturn's hell and speaking ha- to Karl Marx, speaking yeah. to Karl Marx, which makes as much sense as anything. So, um, if you want, if you want, tell me, like, shoot me a link to that later. I'll put it in the show notes so people okay. know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: I can actually. I think the book is online too. I can probably link you the chapter. Okay. For these things, <laughs>
0: there's a the the Cliff Notes version is this guy was meditating, astrally projecting. He accidentally astrally projected to the hell that they have on Saturn, and Karl Marx was there.
2: Yeah. Okay. And and Karl Marx basically he discovered that Karl Marx was a secret Jewish rabbi who had a plot to reduce all other world religions into cosmic dust and make Judaism the religion of the planet. Um, and uh, that's why he's in Saturn's Hell. Um, this book is by Alex Jones, right? No.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 it honestly sounds like Alex Jones. <laughs>
2: um, this book is by the Latin American Gnostic, uh, Samuel A. Anwayar. Okay. Um, and... Uh, he, he, I mean, he, his books are super hit or miss, and it's like when it hits, it hits. When it misses, it's like. You can't when it misses, you land on Saturn. Right, exactly. You <laughs> land on the hell realm in Saturn uh, <laughs> talking to Karl Marx. Or you end up getting flogged by St. John in uh, the lunar hell. So it's like. Oh, that was on the lunar hell. Yeah, it was in the lunar hell. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have so many questions,
0: the... <laughs> but we're going to go off into. <laughs> We're gonna go off way too far. We have to get. We have to go into the craziness of lucha libre, not yeah. into the, not into the, the craziness of this particular gnosis.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so uh, Millwater's returns from the dead. Yeah, he returns from the dead, and one of my favorite things about lucha underground is that when a character undergoes uh, a a particularly uh, notable transformation they have a physical change. Yeah. It's it's like Dragon Ball. Yeah. You know, like Mil Muertes, when he returns from the dead, the weird thing about Mil Muertes in the beginning was he had these weird blue, like Homer Simpson pants. <laughs> like oh, <God>. these, <laughs> like baby that's blue. That's like the
2: most unheroic way of describing
0: it. <laughs> but that's what they look like. They're like these <laughs> weird blue, baby blue tights. Yeah. But his mask is like this weird like lucha libre but also kind of gimp mask <laughs> with with these sort of these sort of aztec uh glyphs on it yeah yeah and then the pants are like it was almost like he forgot his pants and somebody else had to give him their pants yeah and that person was homer simpson <laughs> so he when he returns from the dead he's a different he's a different character he's wearing like uh, another X-Men connection. He has like a Mr. Sinister cape. Yeah. Which is pretty badass. But also he has these new black tights. Yeah. And uh, he has white eyes mm. now to to indicate that he has... He's gone through this metamorphosis. And he is also accompanied by uh, a group of... Well, they're called the Disciples of Death. Okay. And they are a trio mm. of, like, skeleton-themed uh, luchadors. Yeah. And they are essentially his personal enforcers, but they, when he's wrestling and Katrina raises the rubble over her head, mm. they start, like, circumnavigating the ring. Right, like right, they, right. Cir- they circled the ring in a weird way, and one of the cool things about Lucha Underground is they never sort of let you know too much mm. how the magic works mm. because it's not for us as audience members to understand mm. but they do make it clear that something is happening mm. uh they did this sort of back in the day in wwe with the undertaker mm. when he had the when paul bearer would raise the urn and the undertaker would like just sit up and suddenly wouldn't be hurt right and you you just don't ask too much about w- the specifics of how that helps mm. There's a great moment one time where this happened and the Undertaker had been getting beaten pillar to post. Mm. And Paul Bearer raised the urn up and Undertaker just sat up and the announcers are like, what's happening? And Randy Savage was on commentary and he goes, he's using the power of the
1: urn. <laughs> well, I'm
0: like, I guess, I guess. I don't think that's what, I think they meant like more like specifically what's happening like mechanically. Right, right, right. <laughs> Like uh, the ions in the air, or, or I don't know. Um, but we have the uh, we have the disciples of death. They're magic, and skeletons, and they don't have much of a personality on their own. They're like yeah. putty patrollers, I guess. Um, but they show up here. Um, also, they have lightning powers. Okay, but only backstage.
2: Okay, only backstage. <laughs> only
0: backstage, like in the you know how Lucha Underground has the. Uh, like the cutscenes. Yeah. Like the cinematics, I guess you call them. Where they have a special effects budget. Mm. In the backstage segments, they can like grab people and shock them. Oh, wow. But it never happens in the ring. Right. <laughs> where it's it's relatively live. Right. But it could. Maybe. <laughs> you never know.
2: Yeah. So. Is there a limit to like the use of supernatural powers in the ring?
0: <laughs> Normally, I would say... It probably, honestly, I just did an episode uh, with the Wyatt family, okay. who are like teleporting hillbilly swamp cultists okay. in WWE, and my guest asked the same thing, which was, would it, would they be disqualified if they teleported mid match, mm. and the answer is I don't know. Mm. I would have to ask the state athletic commission. I think. <laughs> Those are the you just can't ask because it's like maybe it's like the Airbud thing where it's like mm. well it doesn't say that dogs can't play basketball. Mm. <laughs> 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 well, it doesn't say that you can't teleport mid match. <laughs> it doesn't say that you can't summon a horde of of electric death skeletons. <laughs> so anyway, Milmoertes has returned from the dead. With his buddies, and Katrina, she's back. Mm. She's back with him now, and they're sort of a united front. Mm. And his first target when he returns from the dead is Phoenix. Mm. Um, despite the fact that. Phoenix seems like maybe he was manipulated by Katrina mm. to send Mil Muertes to hell and Mil Muertes came back from hell stronger. Mm. Milmortes is still pretty mad about it, mm. I guess cause he didn't enjoy the flogging. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, when he returns, uh, when he returns from, when he returns from hell, he's got, uh, he's got Phoenix in his crosshairs mm. and, uh, and that's kind of where we are in this, uh, In this particular moment.
2: What is his relationship to Katrina now?
0: Mil Muertes? Yeah. Uh, It seems to be essentially the same. Okay. But in the early goings, there was more miscommunication. Okay. Where they seemed to bicker more. Mm. And that led to the sort of, to Phoenix intervening. Yeah. So I think maybe the implication might be that now that he's returned from the dead, Mm. her control over him is either more complete or the link between them is more concrete? Yeah.
2: Maybe? Maybe? Mm. Okay. Or like maybe he sort of experienced something in hell that like gave him an understanding that like... Yeah. Because, I mean, she was a psychopomp, so then does that imply that she, she was also kind of like like a teacher or something and she had some knowledge he didn't? Right. That like... Made some kind of like power imbalance and they're like, maybe their bickering was like, oh, he's like fucking up in some way. He doesn't understand, but she does. And now he gets it because he's been. Right. Maybe
0: his connection to her was incomplete. Yeah. Maybe because that the implication in the beginning was that when she came upon him, when he was a little boy and Mm -hmm. he was trapped in the rubble, his closeness to death is what allowed her to sort of tether herself to him. Right. And created that connection between the two of them. Mm. So maybe his second and more complete death yeah. sort of strengthened that bond. Yeah. And now they're more of one mind.
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's an excellent way of putting it.
0: Um, yeah, they're, uh, in uh, Pacific Rim terms, they're more drift compatible now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I think maybe that's what's going on. So the, good, the five folks at the Ray network have been kind enough to upload this match in full on YouTube so if you want to follow along go to YouTube and just search milmortes versus Phoenix this is the one labeled death match
2: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, and this is the one that originally aired on 52715 mm, okay um, do you have any additional uh, any additional thoughts you want to get off uh, get off your chest before we before we get going
2: so is this match uh, kind of like have Phoenix and Mil Muertes combated at all in between the last um, sort of a, a, a the coffin match in this one or no. is this the first time that they've like- this,
0: this is the first time that they're uh, that they're interacting since okay. then.
2: how many episodes has it been between the two
0: um, I want to say maybe it's been a couple of months okay so Mil Muertes returned from the dead and he sort of established his new dominance by just completely murking Drago. Okay. Who we haven't I don't think talked about on the show before. Drago is he's pretty cool. Yeah. He's he but he's definitely like a second tier mm. a second tier luchador mm. on on the show. To to use a Dragon Ball metaphor, this is like Frieza showing the power of his new transformation by beating <laughs> up Krillin. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like so,
2: so Drago or, also rather low front hanging fruit. Yeah, a hanging fruit.
0: well, maybe he's not Krillin. Maybe this is like, maybe this is like you know, Piccolo is doing okay. is doing okay. good against Frieza, but then Frieza transforms, and then you see, okay, he can't keep up against this new form. Right, right, right. Because Drago's he's no he's no slouch. Right. You know, he's a he's certainly a respected competitor in his own right. Right. But this new version of Mil Muertes was just as unstoppable as the old one was. He's that and then some. Yeah. So he had this very one-sided match with Drago to kind of illustrate that whatever chinks in the armor we might have seen before, they yeah. kind of seem to be gone. Yeah. And then from there, he kind of set his sights directly on Phoenix. Mm. So we haven't seen Phoenix interact with him since then, but we've seen somebody who's similar to Phoenix in terms of size and fighting style mm. and so on get completely murked mm. by this guy. Mm. So we've sort of gotten a preview of what this match might be like mm. given his uh, his wrecking of Drago. Mm. Okay. And meanwhile, in the interim, Phoenix has been pretty successful. Okay. Uh, he's been winning, I think, all of his matches since putting Mil Muertes away. He was like, kind of a hot streak. Okay. Or
2: so, on like a vengeance streak.
0: I don't know if it was a vengeance streak because Phoenix sort of, I think, once he conquered Mil Muertes, was like ready to move on. And, okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and kind of find glory elsewhere. Okay. But now Mil Muertes, once again, the, the sort of descent, right, is appearing and is trying to drag Phoenix back down. Right,
2: right, right. Okay. Okay.
0: Because Phoenix's trajectory was to conquer this this challenge and keep moving higher toward that right, championship. Right, right. right. And now Mil Muertes has appeared to be like, yeah, nah, uh. Mm. So so that's that's sort of the uh the tenor of this uh of this match. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and press play in three, two, one, and go. So uh, yeah, once again, Phoenix versus Mil Muertes, and uh, here we have our our lovely ring announcer Melissa Santos wearing some uh, headgear. Interesting headgear. Speaking of X Men, she kind of looks like she's wearing the Cerebro headset. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, here, Phoenix enters first. He seems uh, he seems confident. Yeah. Uh, after all, he defeated Milmortes once.
2: Right. Believes he can do it again. Believes
0: he can do it again. And last time we saw, he was wearing black tights with red. Right. Which we thought maybe symbolized uh, fire burning right, right, in the right, darkness. Right. And now he's all red and yellow. Right. So maybe this is meant to imply that Phoenix is. Uh, he's burning brighter than before.
2: Right, right, right.
0: He's more He's more than he was last time. Right. Um, and it, again, he, he points up to the sky, right? To remind us that he's, uh, he's ascendant. Yeah. And here we see uh, Mil Muertes with Katrina and the Disciples of Death. Mm. Uh, looking like a literal god of death. Mm. With these sort of uh, purple feathers, like a like a black halo. Yeah. I love this. Uh, halo of darkness. Yeah. And he's being, sort of disrobed by his. Well, they're taking. <laughs> I don't want to mean he's about to take his pants off. He's uh, these are his good <laughs> pants. He's keeping them on, but his uh, his disciples have sort of taken his his cape off, and Phoenix.
2: Phoenix just leaps to.
0: Charges and bounces off of him. It's
2: like a Spider-Man and Kingpin. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So a a kick right to the head. uh, And Phoenix, again, is in the ring. Sails out of the ring again. And just gets punched on the way down. So if you remember in the last match, really the only way that Phoenix was able to do damage to Mil Mil Muertes was with these big dives.
2: Right. And, and now he's like immune to
0: it. Yeah, he started right off the bat because he knows what works, and was Indeed. immediately shown it no longer works. Right, and that was the one thing that worked. Uh, and he's uh, he's just getting beaten down. Um, I did want to point out that Phoenix's tights, aside from the color scheme, uh, he now uh, has animo mm.
1: uh,
0: written on his uh, on his tights to sort of uh, remind you that he's uh, he's. A spirit of life
2: mm-hmm. also like not a good sign that like his entire body just bounces off of Mil Muertes, <laughs> but like mil Muertes just hits him with like one hand and he's like on the ground yeah
0: yeah that was that was always the dynamic and
2: and she's holding this like red thing in her hand it's like a flower but it looks like she's eating a heart
0: yes it's the uh, it's the stone oh I see it's the stone but it's shrouded in like red velvet now right uh, Phoenix counters uh Reverses and kicks, bounces off the ropes, and gets slammed. And (laughs) immediately is taking uh, a bunch of unprotected punches right to the head. And Katrina is just. Mm,
2: Circumambulating the ring, holding the stone.
0: Holding the stone, not overhead, Mm. but holding it at about chest height. And last time we saw that when she was trying to lend him power, she would raise it over her head. Right. So whatever she's doing, however she's aiding him right now. She doesn't seem to be expending maximum yeah, effort. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, Phoenix is just sort of at the mercy of Mil Muertes here. Mm. here. He's still fighting though. Uh, he lands these kicks and now a monster choke chokeslam uh, takes him down again. And Mil Muertes doesn't even go for a pin. Instead, well, he, interestingly enough, he raises his hands and then uh, Katrina raises the stone in response. Right. So perhaps their relationship now is more a partnership of equals as opposed to him being like a, a being that she's summoning or. Right, right, right. It's, it certainly seems like they're more on the same page. Right. And now here's Phoenix. Running across the the ropes. Yeah. So, God. uh, He managed to get uh, Mil Muertes on the top rope. He was on the opposite side of the ring, then jumped up and ran across the cable Mm. to hit him with a dropkick. Very impressive. And now he's going to dive again, bounce off the ropes, triple, jump, moonsault.
2: Yeah, what I don't understand, though, is why is it that after... Raising the stone, Mil Muertes seems so much weaker rather than stronger.
0: That's a good point.
2: Because he got like like the hit that got him down like was not doesn't compare to all the other moves that Phoenix have like, has like unleashed on him.
0: No, that's a good point. Um, and uh, by the way, Phoenix did manage to knock him down, but Mil Muertes basically sits up and and Phoenix is, and just knocks him down. Yeah. And Phoenix is now, once again, fighting from underneath. And now Mil Muertes has a steel chair. And cracks ooh. him right over the head. Enough to break the chair. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, and it might be worth considering whether... Ooh! ooh. <laughs> yeah. So now he's just jamming this thing. Almost stabbing downward with, uh, with that chair into his midsection. And uh, now here's Phoenix getting tossed into, the, into this guardrail. Mm. Um, it's worth examining. And Phoenix uh, manages to reverse. Mm. And now uh, more kicks as he's manages to build momentum. Another big kick to Mil Muertes who falls to the ground. I think what we're seeing here, and now Phoenix is standing tall on the guardrail with the fans behind him and leaps off with a, with a double stomp right to the heart of Mil Damn. Muertes. Um it seems like both of them are stronger. Yeah. Because even though we know that we see Mil Muertes' eyes wide open.
2: Yeah. But there's like white contacts.
0: Yeah, he's more uh there are contacts. He's he's, he's, right, he's, right. he's, he's magic. <laughs> he's a magic man. But I guess what I, I guess my point is that Last time, when Mil Muertes was weaker, mm. the match seemed uh, less evenly matched. Right. Despite the fact that Mil Muertes has returned from the dead, it seems like Phoenix is fighting back more right. this time. So you have to wonder if... Uh, something about mm. these two, if they make they bring out the best in each other, they make each mm-hmm. other stronger, mm-hmm. yeah. they... Uh, the magic of one enhances the power of the other. Right, right, right. Because we know that whatever Katrina's plan was, she needed Phoenix's help to send Mil Muertes to hell. Right. So perhaps, and then Mil Muertes leaps off the top Mm. rope and just wipes out Phoenix. Um, It's worth noting that despite the fact that Mil Muertes is having a harder time keeping Phoenix down, he's still not breathing heavy.
2: Mm, Right.
0: This still seems relatively effortless. Ooh. And now uh, Phoenix gets smashed into that announce table. But it seems like maybe the experience with Mil Muertes, perhaps the closeness to death that Phoenix... Oh, and another brutal chair shot. The closeness to death that Phoenix suffered in the Grave Consequences match may have also made him more powerful. Well, yeah. Maybe he's like a Saiyan. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's healed from near death. And now he's... Uh, he's. Uh, by the way, we're talking right over uh, Mil Muertes. Fireman's carrying Phoenix up a flight of stairs to try to throw him off the roof. And it doesn't work.
2: But it do, it we'll doesn't work.
0: Phoenix gets loose. He's just punching. Mil shrugs it off, punches Phoenix, and now... there... Uh, Katrina raises the stone and Mil Muertes picks him up and throws oh, him
2: <laughs> through the ground <laughs> through
0: through and I, yeah I think that was actually down the hole yeah I think he he threw him right into uh, Dario Cueto's office I think that's what that is damn which uh, we can definitely get into the symbology of that and now we see uh, Mil Muertes bathed in red light mmm and we saw we just saw Phoenix who has been an ascendant character. We've literally seen him driven right 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 driven downward yeah. into the office of Dario Cueto who we mentioned last time is, is maybe maybe <laughs> Satan, maybe literally Satan in this universe. But now Katrina seems to finally command the uh, the disciples of death and they leave her side to mm-hmm. enter this office where they find the body of Phoenix on the ground. And they carry him, Christ-like.
1: Mm.
0: Just mm. B- born over their shoulders, where uh, Mil Muertes waits in the ring, also in kind of a Christ pose. Mm. Uh, as they, they feed Phoenix through the ropes, mm. Mil Muertes drags him in. He's clearly not doing well. He stares into Phoenix's eyes. Uh, grabs him and hits him with his flatliner finishing maneuver. And here, one, two, three. And Mil Muertes has won this match decisively. Oh, wow. And there uh, we see again the unblinking white eyes of Mil, of Mil Muertes. We see Katrina... Standing on the outside, we see the Disciples waiting to be invited in.
1: Mm.
0: He calls for Katrina. He points to Phoenix. And now we see she crawls on her hands and knees over to his defeated opponent Mm. and uh, licks his face to do whatever that is her Shang Tsung (laughs) soul-stealing magic, I guess. And, uh... Interestingly enough, she does not kiss Mil Muertes to transfer the soul to him like she usually does. Right. But instead merely raises the stone overhead. And that's the end of this match. Hmm. And that is... Uh, thus ends chapter two Mm. of this storied rivalry Mm. so what did you think of this installment
2: i thought that was really interesting i mean it was interesting to me that the fight was shorter and i guess the first one was more um it it was more of like a power struggle that lasted for a long time but in this one i mean kind of from the jump they sort of gave you the impression that mil was like Taking no shit, and throughout the fight, uh, even though he had his sort of down moments, he was visibly. I mean, you mentioned before that it seemed as if their powers were more equal, but it seemed also that like Mil had a level of, um, I guess, uh, uh, like like unshake, like he's he's basically like somewhat like unshakable.
0: Yeah, they both Um, they both leveled up, but not necessarily to the same degree.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, And I thought that the the scene at the end was similarly like ritualistic in the sense of like in the first one mil Martes was carried out in this coffin and this time phoenix was carried to him sort of like christ pose while he was holding his arms out in the sort of christ pose and mil Martes has just come from his own death and resurrection uh so i i like if i think of that it's sort of like tarot terms it's like you have mil Martes who is like the death card right and then you have um uh dario cueto which is like the devil, uh, you have. Uh, katrina who's like the high priestess in this in this sort of like scenario oh and and the scene where mil throws phoenix through the the room that's sort of literally like the tower scene right or like the tower card uh which is the sort of like shot moment of shock and destruction that sort of like shakes up all the old foundations and brings you to this place this sort of like darkness like dark night of the soul type situation that leads to a new dawn right um I'm also interested in like Phoenix being kind of like the sun card in this case and literally having kind of like solar colors and the word Phoenix sort of connecting to um, the sort of like this like bird that's been comes from the sun. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of interesting themes in this match and this sort of like rivalry, like you mentioned before, it's sort of like they become more powerful through each other or in this way, it's sort of like the ways in which life and death co-create each other or in this way that like light and darkness kind of like co-create each other that more than being actual opposites, they are like, they're kind of inseparably, um, complementary. Yeah, complementary and like like co create co arising. I thought that it was interesting that Phoenix, it's sort of if you see this match um, as this sort of like life versus death or something. It's sort of like in the first match there was more of a power struggle and sort of life won out in the end. But this one was sort of like its theme seemed to be more about like the inevitability of death. Yes. And that even in the context of like death and rebirth, death still wins out in the end or something. That there's only that even that even though like death is temporary, it's like ever returning or something.
0: I think that's a good read and I think pretty well sets up the uh it sets up part 3 as well mm-hmm. because we saw in the first we saw in the first match that Death is impermanent, mm, mm. whereas life continues. But here we saw that death also continues. Right, right. Um, and and shows that even figures who, even a heroic figure, even mm. a figure who a uh, a great a great person mm. who has achieved things that other people cannot do, mm. is not immune to death. Right. Death comes for all of us,
2: mm.
0: and no matter how high you climb death will appear to return you
2: Mm -mm -mm.
0: to itself right in the first match Mil Muertes was just mercilessly beating Phoenix and it was just that Phoenix was like flopping around with one HP
1: Mm -mm -mm.
0: you know what I mean he just you couldn't keep him down for that for that last he just kept dodging at the last second and coming back and coming back but just keep getting beaten down to that point. And in this match, that didn't happen. Mm. Mil was still in control, but Phoenix was firing back. He was giving almost as good as he was getting, but still, you saw in that moment when Mil drove him mm. through the ceiling of that room mm. and sent him crashing, whatever it is, 10, 15 feet to the ground, mm. you got this sense that As powerful as he became and as gloriously as he fought, ultimately, this is something that he couldn't overcome. Right. He was never shown in the sort of... uh, He was never shown to be as weak, as vulnerable Mm. as he was in the first match. Mm. Despite the fact that he lost this one. Mm. I find that fascinating. Yeah. In the first match, we talked about how Mil Muertes' power seemed lesser than Phoenix's because it was borrowed or bestowed. Right, right, right. As opposed to something that was earned. Right. And Phoenix earned a lot. Right, right, In that right. previous match. Right. And it seems like, once again, Mil Muertes has bought power. mm mm-hmm. Or had more power conferred upon him. Right. So... Mm.
2: Or, I mean, I'm also interested in like maybe there's a temporality to um, Mil Muertes' is, like bought or uh, borrowed power that the more of himself that he loses, the more he sort of like merges or becomes one with this power that was given to him, then eventually becomes him. Right. And there's so
0: a little bit less each time.
2: Yeah. And so, like, in this case, after Mil Muertes was killed or rather died or was put in the coffin, um, it's sort of like. If this power, he's like, has in some sense like the power of death, the more he becomes death, then the less that power becomes borrowed and the more it becomes like innate. And I'm interested in how like there are like disciples of death now. Are they his disciples? Is he the death that is like their hierophant? or What have you to use tower terms? Or is it like, um, is, like,
0: is he death? Is Katrina death? Right. Are both of them servants of death? Right. It's unclear.
2: Is his whole life essentially like contemplation on the mysteries of death? um and also i think that going back to the last scene um thing about phoenix was sort of like this idea of like defeating death Init- that's like a very like christ-like narrative yeah and he was sort of carried on the carried in like the sort of like christ-like fashion but this is like the, i guess like the slain christ or whatever um but he didn't die in this episode like mil actually died in the last episode he didn't die so right. there's like potential for like, you know, like you mentioned, like a third fight, like it's not the end, um, but it just sort of like, I guess the first one set up like the inevitability or like the, the sort of like success of the hero, the conquest, the conquering of life over death, um, the
0: rising of the sun, right? The, 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 repeated conquest of the night, all that right, right. stuff.
2: Yeah. And then this one is sort of like the eternal return of death. And it is a cycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that leaves us the, as the viewers with the notion that, like, oh, like, even if um, life, initial almost like a reincarnation idea, that, like, even if life keeps coming back, like, death also keeps coming back. And so um, it ends you off as, like, oh, well, death wins in the end, but it's this also isn't the end. So it's like, who knows what's to come.
0: Well, I guess that, that sets up the question of, what do you think happens next in this rivalry?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe it's a pattern that like Phoenix now wins. Um, maybe neither of them win, maybe they both die on the ring or something like
0: Well, I guess, uh, we'll leave that for next time, but I guess we can talk about what happens to each guy individually mm. because that's something that happens with these guys where they come together. And then they separate, mm. and then they get, because of course it's a, it's a cycle, right. so they don't only wrestle each other. So this is about I want to say three quarters of the way mm. through season one mm. of Lucha Underground, and shortly after this, Dario Cueto, who we haven't really talked about in this episode, which is a shame because he's a great character, <laughs> introduces a new championship Mm. called the gift of the gods Mm. championship. Okay. And last time we talked about how there are these seven Aztec tribes, Mm. each with a, with a totem uh, spirit Mm. animal and how each one of them sort of has representatives like Prince Puma, Mm. was a representative of the Puma tribe. And then mm. there's also like a rabbit tribe. And right. a, uh, a, there's a moth tribe. There's mm. a guy, Marty the Moth Martinez, who, <laughs> <laughs> who who shows up, was actually Lucha Underground champion for a hot minute mm. recently. But um, there's these seven medallions, mm. almost like Power Ranger Morphin coins, yeah. that have the animal sort of totem spirit embossed yeah. on them. And in another sort of Dragon Ball parallel, you have to collect all seven. Mm. And they can be won and wagered in matches. Right. And he introduces this championship called the Gift of the Gods, which has these seven circular cutouts Mm. for these medallions. Mm. And as you collect them, if you can fill all these seven spaces and unite theoretically or metaphorically the Tribes, mm. you can then exchange this championship for a Lucha Underground Championship match. Okay. So, you have to... Um, you, you can also defend this championship. Mm. So, you have to assemble all these seven medallions, mm. fit them into this championship, and then it's a championship that you have to defend against other people until such a time as you are ready to to cash it in against whoever is the world champion. Mm. So the inaugural gift of the gods champion is Phoenix. Okay. Um, In one of the big matches of Ultima Lucha one, which was the season finale, like Mm. their WrestleMania, the end of season one, he defeated six other people Mm. in a very chaotic multi-person match to unify all the medallions And become the first Gift of the Gods champion. Mm. And to close out Ultima Lucha 1, Mil Muertes defeated Prince Puma to win the Lucha Underground Championship. Mm. So to close out the first season of this show, Mil Muertes sort of completes his arc of starting out powerful, being defeated, becoming more powerful, defeating the guy who defeated him and then continuing on to win the richest prize mm, mm. in this uh in this league. Mm. And he's got his disciples surrounding him. He has Katrina, mm. she has the rubble and now he has this championship. Mm. So he's f- he's finishing season 1 in the pinnacle of his strength.
1: Mm.
0: And the one glimmer of hope in all of this darkness is that the one guy who's managed to defeat him Mm. is holding a championship literally called the Gift of the Gods standing opposed to him Mm. and he can use the championship that he just won to challenge Mil Muertes for the championship that he just won. Mm. So we, we sort of go into the break between seasons with this looming on the horizon. Right. And Mil Muertes sort of at his peak, and Phoenix, uh, as he does, has bounced back from this brutal defeat to reach a new height of being the first ever Gift of the Gods champion and being in a position to challenge for the top prize. Mm. So that's sort of that's sort of the next step. Mm. That's sort of the next step, and I'm not going to ruin how that match goes. Okay. But uh,
2: yeah, so literally like rising like a phoenix, kind of like right as the name implies. Yep. Hmm. Interesting.
0: So, uh, so what do you think? How do you think this compares? How did you enjoy this one as compared to uh, um, Grave Consequences?
2: I liked it. I mean, I definitely, like, I think that Grave Consequences is more of, like, an event. But I think that this one didn't have to be if seen in the context of the other. But if I had never seen the other, then this one might not have been as, um, like, a... a uh like exciting um
0: it's it's a utility
2: match I yeah 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 like and I think also just time wise like I feel like the other one was like an hour long <laughs> the other mm. one
0: was only like 23 minutes
2: really yes <laughs> wow <laughs> but for it feels be- yeah, epic yeah it feels
0: epic yeah. it's like because there's the blood and it, right, right, and you right. you feel like they're fighting for a half hour before the blood starts right and right. then that there's just more and more and more it's only about 25 Three minutes or something like that. Wow! But it feels like well, because it's mythic, you know, it yeah, has right, the, it right. has this structure to it. Right. And uh yeah, it's only like twenty five percent longer than this.
2: Wow. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that the other one was like this hour long, <laughs> sort of like epic, like. Well, it is an know.
0: it is an epic, and it feels that way just because of the sort of scope of it. Right. But yeah, this one. I think they even play with that a little bit Mm. because you're like, Oh, what happened last time? What could it, what could happen this time? And it's, I think maybe deflating on purpose. Right. I think maybe doesn't live up to the previous match on purpose. Right. To sort of, you know, in service of this new narrative, this new status quo. Right. Where Mil Muertes is even more powerful and even more untouchable than before. Right. Um, but I think, I think it, does its job and I think that if you're paying attention and if you're watching it critically there's uh enough going on in this match to yeah. definitely make it enjoyable and uh probably there's more to analyze mm. in this match mm. than there was in the previous match the I mean the other one is uh <laughs> it's a goddamn slugfest yeah and it's, yeah and it's just blood and guts and fire and brimstone, right. but I think this one is probably more narratively bound.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more narratively rich.
0: Yeah. Um, hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? Um.
2: Hmm. I guess I, I'm interested in the uh, uh, disciples of death, um, and if there's like, is this the first time that they appear on the show? Th- like, what's their story?
0: Well, they also appeared They also appeared when Mil Muertes defeated Drago. Okay. They didn't touch Drago. Okay. They just sort of up- appeared behind Katrina. She didn't dispatch them to do anything like she did here. Uh, ultimately, they become a force unto themselves. Mm. And actually, at Ultima Lucha 1, they wind up winning the Trios Championship. Mm. So... Mil Muertes is sort of, uh, what would you call them? Family? Coterie? <laughs> like his contingent, his entourage? I, I don't know what to his call peoples. them. Yeah, his procession? Yeah. His funeral procession? <laughs> but yeah, they they all of the ones who are active wrestlers wind up holding gold mm. at the end of Ultima, Ultima Lucha 1. So they wind up as essentially the tag team champions, he as the world champion, mm. and Katrina sort of um, as the force behind them. Yeah. So eventually they, they do become characters of their own. They never, see, they never develop personalities. Right. But,
2: but they're kind of like the spirits that accompany Mel Muertes, right? Yes. Um, and he, and I mean, of what I've seen, he seems to have the most many, he has like many spirits that accompany him in every match uh he has a very kind of like liminal and multidimensional existence even on the ring. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah definitely. He's uh a, he's a, a fascinating character and like I love Mil I um context is so important because like when I watched WWE and The Undertaker comes out mm. and he's just like I'm gonna take your soul to hell. I'm like, ah, you're just somebody's (laughs) grandpa. (laughs) But when Milo comes out and does the same shit, and like, objectively, as corny...
2: Right, right, right.
0: But because of the context of the show... Right. It's so much... It's because I know Lucha Underground isn't gonna cut to a commercial for Sonic. You know know what I mean? They're not gonna be like, and now the Subway Slam of the Week. So it's like... (laughs) It's just <laughs> I trust them more with the universe that they've created. Right, right. They invite you they invite you to suspend your disbelief. They don't punish you for suspending your disbelief. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't like WWE will do that. They'll be like, here, come come play with us in this space. And then they just show you something that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> so you're afraid to you're afraid to to extend your hand because you know they're going to bite it.
2: Right, right. That's really interesting.
0: They've, they've they've shit the bed so many times. You can't <laughs> trust them. You can't trust them to do... Uh, like, I talked about Bray Wyatt yeah. before. Uh, the patriarch of this like swamp-dwelling hillbilly cult.
2: Yeah.
0: A really interesting character, mm. right? So, they did this thing where he targeted the Undertaker. Mm. And he was like, I'm the new face of fear. Mm. And he decided that he was gonna harvest the Undertaker's powers. Mm. So his disciples, he also has disciples, or I guess he calls them his brothers. Mm. Um, they're these two. They're both like six foot six, like yeah. three hundred pound, like huge guys, big beards hanging down to their chests. Yeah. Um, and they attacked the Undertaker, yeah. and Bray Wyatt personally subdued him, and then his his two guys again sort of picked up the Undertaker in a Christ pose mm. and carried him carried him to the back and Bray Wyatt came out the next week and he's like, I have harnessed the powers of the Undertaker And then he you he demonstrated that he had harvested the Undertaker's powers by like turning the lights off. Right, right. Like right. the Undertaker will like turn the lights off and bring the blue lights on mm. and like teleporting he like did the Undertaker's stuff yeah it was like oh but then the Undertaker came back and was fine and had all of his powers (laughs) and then like easily beat Bray Wyatt in a match. It's like what the fuck did we do that for? Why did you do that? Because that's an interesting narrative. Right. Like the Undertaker has been this like the lone bastion of spooky paranormal shit in right. mainstream American wrestling for 20 years. And now here's this young guy who's saying to him sort of textually and metatextually, I'm here to replace you. Right. I'm here to take your powers. But then also metatextually, he's saying, hey, I'm here to take your place in this fictional universe. Right. I'm here to be the new version of you. Right, right, That's right. an interesting story. Right. And then they set it up and they don't fucking pay it off. (laughs) It's like WWE is terrible with Chekhov's gun. Right. You know what I mean? They tell you there's a gun on the mantelpiece and then no one ever fires it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting... I I think you've mentioned this before um, in previous conversations around uh, how there's all this like narrative potential that gets like wasted. Yeah. WWE. Yeah. And...
0: And... they don't do that in Lucha Underground. Right. Like, they explore the full dimension of their crazy, bullshit, pro-wrestling magic world. Yeah. And WWE just doesn't. And they have the budget to do it. Right. So it's a bummer. Right. Like, I would love to see... Uh, here, let me put it to you this way. I would love to see Bray Wyatt versus uh, Mil Muertes in Lucha Underground, and I would hate to see it in WWE. Mm-hmm. Because they just wouldn't, like... If Lucha Underground got Bray Wyatt, yeah. they would they would salivate and be like, oh, we can do so much with this guy. Right, we could right, do right. so much with this guy. Like they would do shit like he has this imaginary uh, you know, he has this family, the Wyatt yeah. family, and he has this imaginary uh spirit. Right? Yeah. Or I I don't know if she's imaginary. He he always speaks of Sister Abigail, mm. who's this mysterious female presence Mm. you never see her but he's always talking about sister abigail Mm. and how she's this powerful influence on him and like the matriarch of this family you never see her yeah um if you did a thing in lucha underground you could have this thing where you know she mirrors katrina you could literally have a thing Mm. where she is katrina right and you could have Or you could have him believe that Katrina is Sister Abigail. They're they're, they're disparate spirits or they're not. Or Mm, mm. Katrina is leading him to believe that she is the manifestation of Sister Abigail. Mm. And you could have this whole thing. In WWE, they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. They just wouldn't. wouldn't. They wouldn't think of all the cool stuff you could do. They would just... Like, Bray Wyatt... This is the thing... The coolest thing they ever did with Bray Wyatt was have him, like, the lights go out, the lights come back on, and he's sitting in a rocking chair. Mm. Like, he has a teleporting rocking chair. Yeah. Which is cool, but, like, in the absence of any other... <laughs> <laughs> of any other payoff to his magic powers is kind of a, kind of a cop-out. <laughs> but uh, he was doing that, and he was standing there, and then the lights went out, and then his rocking chair was struck by lightning indoors. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw it, and it was laughing. <laughs> and they were like and they were like wow what could this mean but then they don't ever make any ob- any attempt to explain what it might mean yeah then so, it kind
2: of goes it, like they drop it off it doesn't go anywhere no
0: <laughs> <laughs> no they, they, of course it doesn't go anywhere like it's never like and then when he's fighting the Undertaker at Wrestlemania like the lights go out and he's got the the chair. He's got yeah, the yeah, chair. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. doesn't come back. Well, the chair does come back at some point, but they never mention that it was incinerated by magic lightning.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> it wasn't like he doesn't mention like, oh, I had to go to, I had to go to, the underworld and and drag my rocking chair back with me, but I couldn't look behind me or it would be gone forever. Like they, right, didn't, right, they right, don't do right, any right. of that shit. Right. They don't. And it's and it's all such such surface level stuff that it becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes hard to get into it. Mm. Because they're like, it's just a wanking motion. They're like, oh yeah, you love this shit, don't you? And I'm like, (laughs) you love this spooky shit, you fucking moron. (laughs) 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 I mean, I think, I think the big difference is that Lucha Underground respects its audience and WWE just doesn't. (laughs) That's, that's the bottom line. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I, I, should, I shouldn't I should smack talk WWE so much because uh, because Tara is always like um, in her in her capacity of dealing with uh, dealing with different media companies she's yeah. always like oh I met somebody from WWE today and I, I told them to listen to your podcast and I'm like <laughs> great I hope it's not <laughs> one of the ones where I shit all over them <laughs> because like as much as I shit all over them if they were like hey you want to write for us I'd be like yeah I'll do it yeah 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 <laughs> Like I, easy to do a better job <laughs> yeah, ain't, too, ain't too proud to beg like <laughs> like clearly if if you if you ask me hey you want to you want to uh, write for for pro wrestling storylines as your as your job to live I'd be like yeah I, I'll do that yeah I'll do that one yeah <laughs> but then there's yeah, episodes where I'm just like I have some episodes with my friend Ahmed who's who's a therapist and we're yeah. literally talking about Vince McMahon is mentally ill I'm very sure <laughs> <laughs> Just like having very matter of fact conversations <laughs> about, oh yeah, this guy's totally unbalanced. <laughs> but he he hates when people sneeze bec- yeah. because he's like, there's, he goes on record saying that he hates when people sneeze because he thinks it makes them weak because they've lost control of their body. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this man is a billionaire who holds people's <laughs> livelihoods in his hands. <laughs>
2: There's also like countless other times where you lose control more than when you sneeze. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, he's weird. He's a weird guy. He's got a lot
0: of control issues. He's got a lot of body issues. <laughs> like like he has a type. Like yeah. he's he's into a very specific kind of male body. Yeah. And like I don't know if you'd even call them conspiracy theorists because there's a fair amount of of evidence to suggest that yeah, he's like He's dealing with some, uh, he's dealing with some same sex attraction, yeah, yeah, yeah. and instead of just just goddamn fucking a dude, <laughs> he's become like the world's most powerful pro wrestling
1: baron.
2: <laughs> wow, that's so fascinating. And he's just
0: like he's just like no flab, <laughs> like I only want six packs. <laughs> only six packs on my show. <laughs> it's like. Just, just fuck a dude. <laughs> quit, quit killing all these guys at age forty with your steroids. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Anyway, please hire me. <laughs> please hire me. I really respect you and your company, and I think it's it's just it's the bee's knees. Please. <laughs> um, this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I would like to thank my guest Julian. Julian, thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. It was great. Of course.
0: I'm always glad to have you and we're I'm going to have I'm going to have you at least one more time because we have to do part 3 yeah, definitely. of this of this trilogy. Definitely. Um I want to thank also uh, uh my good friend Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. I want to thank the Novas for uh, the use of my theme song The Crusher. I want to remind you to visit me at ihate Hate... Uh, at I Hate Wrestling on Facebook, uh, at IHWPod.com, where you can also visit our shop and buy t-shirts, mugs, caps, ties, bandanas for fat dogs, fatty, fatty, fat dogs, fat, just so fat dogs. And, uh, also I am at, um, at I Hate Wrestling on Instagram, at IHWPod on Twitter, um, Oh, you know what you should do? You should like, rate, review um, on iTunes <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on SoundCloud also. And I'm, i i got to get on Spotify. The kids love Spotify, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I get on Spotify. And also when I get on Spotify, I want you to uh, like, rate, review, and subscribe also there. I don't know if you can do all those things on Spotify. I, I have a free Spotify account. I don't, I don't yeah, want to pay I'd for Yeah, I have it. one too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like these songs. I don't need to skip them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just don't put songs that you dislike on there and you're fine. Yeah. Um, Julian, do you have anything that you want to plug?
2: Um. Well, uh, not yet. I'll plug it in the next one because I'm, I'm in the process of coming out with my own website, Transgressive Evolution, Um. that uh I'm launching very soon. So the link isn't ready yet. But next episode.
0: Okay. I will I will probably drop a link in the show notes because um, this is probably not going to go up until some point in January. Okay. So it might be up, be by, up then. by then. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, just let me know. And, uh, and I will be happy to do that. It was what again?
2: Transgressive Evolution.
0: Transgressive Evolution. And it's Jurassic Park fan fiction, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, about, it's about how life finds a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's about it's about, um, it's about astral projecting to hell and being a problem worse. Uh, no, but it, there's actually a really amazing uh, Marxist theory on it that's not from hell. Um, <laughs> along with lots now, of... Now, uh, wait
0: a minute. All red-blooded Americans know that all Marxist <laughs> theory is from hell specifically. <laughs> it's just from witch hell.
2: Right, right. Um, yeah, th- there's a lot of stuff. I talk about a lot of things on the site. And um, by witch
0: hell, I don't mean the hell that witches go to. I mean... Which of the multiple hells.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Dante did a good job uh, mapping them up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing. If you go back and read Dante's Inferno, he's like, there's this guy, Carl. <laughs> 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 like, people talk a lot about, uh, give Nostradamus a lot of credit, but honestly...
2: Yeah, 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 right? But
0: honestly, if you go back and you look at... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> look at Dante. It's just <laughs> very specific references to Karl Marx. Um, all right. Um, do you remember how we end the
2: show, Julian? Um, I don't know. Do we say I hate wrestling in unison?
0: Although <laughs> no, oh, no, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good sign-off. But uh, no, I asked you if you were going to be a wrestler, what would your wrestling character
2: be? Oh, what would my wrestling character be? And last, have...
0: th- last time you told me you were going to be uh, the Winged Serpent.
2: Mm, okay i remember that one uh i guess this time if i were a wrestling character i would be um hmm. i would be i would i would literally be like you know uh carl Marx with a giant (laughs) saturn tattoo on his chest But I'd be like the black Karl Marx and I'd have like gray dreadlocks (laughs) tied back. The
1: black Karl Marx.
0: There actually is there. (laughs) There was a wrestler in the 90s named Perry Saturn. Yeah. And his finishing move. Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn. And his finishing move was called the Rings of Saturn. Ooh, (laughs) that was good. (laughs) So you could do that. Yeah.
2: And then at the end of like every time I won a match, then I would come for the promoter, <laughs> it's like taking down the wrestling bourgeoisie.
0: So you're so your big, uh, your big rivalry. I'd be
2: unionizing the word. I'd be unionizing the wrestlers to like go for the promoter and like kick their ass.
0: That's why Jesse Ventura had to leave wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesse Ventura was like. Like, hey, why don't we form a union? And Vince McMahon was like, you have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Quit riling up my voice. Please hire me. Upload the entire match
2: yeah.
0: uh, for free yeah. on YouTube. So you're gonna wanna uh, go to YouTube and go and just search uh, Lucha Underground Mil Muertes versus Phoenix. This is the one from. Uh, be
1: quiet.